Hi, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on Friday, April the 10th. On this week's edition, we're going to talk about the latest coronavirus news, uh, including uh, the state's uh, bid to shut down surgical abortions in Arkansas, um, the latest numbers, and we're also going to talk about uh, the legislature meeting in its uh, fiscal session and big economic development news in Little Rock. I'm joined as usual by Max Brantley. Greetings from shelter. So uh, let's do a wellness check before we dive in. How's it going over there? Uh, my wife and I both in the 70 year plus range are so far doing okay, but, but I, I, I admit I'm nervous. I mean, you know, I, I'm in the suspect category. What can I tell you? I'm staying home. Have you have you gone out to do grocery shopping? We've gone out uh, about once a week. In fact, my last time out was last Sunday. And Ellen said today we had a few things we hope to try and get. Fresh produce is the hardest thing. And she said she just read an article in the New York Times that said old men are the or the highest risk category. She said, I'm not going to let you go out. I said, well, okay, hon, you go. <laughs> this is so anyway, but we, we take a, we take a two mile walk every day and, but we give great distance when we, when we encounter others. I mean, so far so good. I mean, anyway, we're both, I have, I have chronic bronchitis. I mean, I'm, I've always got a cough and I've always got a drip. And so it makes me a little nervous. What can I tell you? But anyway, we're, we're getting along. Well, good. Uh, do you have a mask? I have a mask. Uh, my wife is a retired judge and a world-class seamstress, and uh, she's been making masks for our family, for my kids, for our friends, and we've been distributing them in, in very socially safe ways to all, all around. I have one that has the Eiffel Tower on it because it's some fabric we got in Paris, France once. Oh, nice. Well, it always helps when you can be stylish and safe. Yeah, stylish is stylish, as you know from working around me for however many years. You know that's always been high on my li- my list. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I don't know that that the mask that I have is an N95, but I have a uh, a serious uh, mask for uh, woodworking and chemicals and stuff. Oh, that's right. You, you, you in your shop. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I had to go to Walgreens. We had a, a catastrophic refrigerator leak that, that required spraying bleach everywhere and I had to go get bleach. And so I wore that felt a little silly, but you know, better safe than sorry. Well, some people are wearing them. My experience when I went to the Kroger last weekend, clearly a lot more people are wearing them. I went with a mask and rubber gloves that I could take off after I'd handled all this stuff. Some are, some aren't. I, I don't want to judge others, but my main question is, did you get bleach at Walgreens at, at, uh, at the Walgreens? Yeah, it was, it was a minor miracle. I, I ran into I the manager believe it. and asked if they had it. And he said, no, that went right away. And so I, you know, got the next to my list, ice cream and beer and he magically showed up at the beer and ice cream 
magically showed up at the register and said, here, here's two that he just found. So, wow. Cause every time I've been to Kroger, there's been no bleach. Yeah. But anyway, and, and, and no, I, <laughs> you know, it's, it's so crazy. I went to Kroger last Sunday, early Sunday morning. I normally go to Edwards cause I love Edwards, but I thought my odds were slightly better early Sunday at Kroger. And indeed I scored two, 12 packs of mega rolls of Charmin, but, <laughs> but, but and they were the last ones on the shelf. But I asked, I said, how about Clorox wipes? They said, no, you had to get here at seven for those. They're gone. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, this is all, it's all kind of crazy and, and, and who knows? I mean, you know, but anyway. Okay. Well, now that we've uh, covered all the important things, let's, let's talk about uh, the, the latest numbers. We passed the, uh, a thousand mark in terms of cases in the state uh, still don't have a shelter in place order and it does not seem like one is forthcoming. Well, no, it's not. And in fact, Asa Hutchinson in his news briefing on Friday said that he'd had a long conversation with Anthony Fauci, who's kind of a patron saint of sheltering in place. And Fauci had reviewed what we'd done and said, y'all are doing a great job. So anyway, but anyway, here's the thing. Number one, we have absolutely no idea, and we probably never will, about the extent of the virus in Arkansas because we do so little testing, and so we just won't know. And a lot of people will get it, and they'll get well, and they'll never be counted. So, And, and, and that's good. That's fine. And that kind of creates the herd immunity that, that, in theory, develops for viruses. And also, ASA continues to make the point that our hospitalization rate is low, and that's a pretty good indicator of serious medical conditions, and that uh, our death rate and our growth of new cases of confirmed virus are low compared against the rest of the country. I mean, I mean, I have to say, we can wish, I wish this is true. I hope he's right. I hope what we've done, and there have been some fairly significant changes in social behavior required by government directive that we have held down the transmission. We, we certainly haven't hit the number of hospital beds we thought we would need, the number of ventilators we thought we would need. And I mean, I don't want to be a Cassandra. I mean, I, I don't want to predict doom, you know, and, and God, I hope this is true. But at the same time, why why would it be? Why why in the world would Arkansas be a shelter from what the what rest of the world is experiencing? But but let let us hope. But in any event, those are the numbers. That's what we know, and so that's a good thing, I, I guess. I, I I don't know, but we've had twenty three die, over eleven hundred with cases. You know, we continue to hear stories of people who not only have been exposed to the virus, but who have symptoms who are unable to get tested clearly. I mean, you know, one good example, we're only, we're down to six counties that don't have a positive case. And one of those is Jackson County. This is a, this is a county that has a high number of poor black people. It has a women's prison. There are just some indicators there based on experience elsewhere that it's hard to believe that County alone out of Arkansas against a couple of pine tree counties, has no cases. I mean, maybe, I don't know. And we had a great story tip today 
it's been partially confirmed that there was a nurse in a Northeast Arkansas hospital who complained of symptoms, who was unable to get a test in Arkansas, who went to Memphis and was tested and indeed was positive coronavirus. Well, I don't know. What does that mean? I, I mean, I, I don't want to extrapolate that into a, a failure on the part of Arkansas, but that's just among the kind of stories you hear. But but in, but in any event, we're we're supposedly among the top 10 states in slow growth of the of the virus. And if that's a if if that's an accurate reflection of the situation, well, good on us. There's a bit of news earlier in the week uh, at his daily press briefing. The governor had Little Rock Mayor Frank Scott uh, in what I think was meant to be sort of a uh, let's pat each other on the back <laughs> for a good job we're doing. But when asked if uh, if he wanted a stay-at-home order in Little Rock, uh, Mayor Scott said yes. He, he thought that was the right thing for Little Rock. Uh, that was fascinating because, as you know, I had talk to Frank Scott on the phone or whatever we communicate by these days about this very issue. And he kind of didn't want to say, he said it in so many words, but he didn't want to say it in exactly these words. Yes. I have asked the governor to allow a stay at home order in Little Rock and no, he would not allow it. And that press conference made clear that's exactly what had happened. And, and first of all, I want to say great for Frank Scott. Because there, and, and Frank Scott was in a position where at that point he needed to say it because we just had this horrendous thing that had burst out on social media. And, and, and I've got to tell you, part of the reason it burst out on social media, because it, it played into racism on social media. But there was this huge caravan of cars, mostly black people, not entirely, driving around Little Rock on last Sunday. They were spinning wheels in the parking lot of a church out in southwest Little Rock. And then a couple of them got into a fight and a hair pulling nasty dispute. And it, it went wild on social media. And, of course, it went wild partially because so many people on social media want to make fun of black people. But, but indeed, there was this huge thing. And Frank Scott had to say something. He said, we're going to get tougher on this sort of thing. I guess the police had actually issued a couple of citations on this thing. But. But, I mean, it was a pretty clear indication that people weren't taking seriously social, social distancing. And, 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 you know, there are all kinds of anecdotal things about that. Not only crowds in parking lots of home improvement stores, but party rental places saying they're swamped with orders to, have, to get chairs and tables for their kids' birthday parties and crazy stuff like that. And, and so, so, so I don't know. I mean, there are an awful lot of good citizens out there. There's some that are not so good. And, and, and it doesn't, here's the thing is it doesn't take very many people doing the wrong thing to have a terribly adverse effect, particularly if you're in a poor community where people are, first of all, close together to start with. And so anyway, but, but back to your original question, yes, this was supposed to be a showing of how the governor and the mayor were working together. And the mayor said, well, I wish we could go farther. The mayor was very diplomatic and said, you know, I'm happy to work with the governor and I'd like to do more, but that's what he says. And I understand that one city is different than another city. You know, Hutchinson used again, this to me, totally bullshit explanation, which is we need to have a uniform standard across the state. This is, this is how they, 
beat down civil rights ordinances for gay people. This is how they beat down gay marriage. It's like everybody be uh, should be under the same rules, which is everybody should be under my effing rules, not your effing rules. And sometimes situations are different in places like Little Rock, and clearly they are. Although, let's let's get real. I think out in rural Arkansas, judging by the vitriol I'm getting on social media, that there are people really mad about the existing restrictions and think that they're safe to do what they want to do, and we ought to go to hell here in Little Rock. So, well, let's talk about the big news of the day, and that's the the health department uh, telling the state's only surgical abortion provider that it needs to stop providing those services. Very interesting. Here's the thing. For all of this week, both the governor and the health director had resisted in many ways, and you can go back and look at their YouTube videos and see this, saying that their directive discouraging elective medical procedures meant that we could not have abortion procedures in Arkansas. They were asked it 15 different ways and they would not say that. The political pressure has been immense. Right-wing legislators have been howling about it from Trent Garner to Jason Rapert to whoever. This morning, Leslie Rutledge, who has tried to gone to court in Texas to keep them from having abortions under the dishonest pretext that it, it's a way to preserve medical equipment for those who need it, issued an elaboration on her, on her earlier resistance to declare this, that all abortions are medically unnecessary unless they are to save the life of the woman or, or, or her health. And then shortly after the health department released their directive that said, that yes, they've decided that although they've inspected Little Rock Family Planning Services in response to a complaint and that it was operating properly, that it was in violation of the directive because it was continuing to provide medically unnecessary services. Well, I mean, I have to say bullshit again. I mean, excuse me for those with, with tender sensibilities. Nate Smith had said at a governor's press conference the day before that medical necessity was essentially the decision of the medical provider. And Nate Smith is no supporter of abortion. Believe me, the health department has tried in many and zealous ways to shut down abortion in Arkansas. But, but he did understand that you can't simply say that any abortion is not medically necessary. That's, that's his opinion. To the woman who wants an abortion, it's absolutely necessary and time is of the essence. If you say you can't do it until a time in the date future, you've prohibited abortion by that woman. In fact, at today's press conference, the wonderful Leslie Newell Peacock of our staff asked the governor, so said, so what you're saying is some woman has to have a baby. And uh, he ignored her question and turned to the question from somebody on the phone from out in the state, which I, I don't blame. I think this is a story. I, I don't think, and to his credit, I don't think the governor and the health director, both of whom are absolutely anti-abortion, wanted to be put in the position of saying we're going to ban abortion during the coronavirus. It's, it's happened. This is a cookie cutter, no elective procedure order that's been used in other states. And numerous other states have tried to use it as a backdoor way to stop abortion. 
And uh, although they're no fans of abortion, believe me, I don't think they wanted to go that far. First of all, because every federal court that's considered that decision, except the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, has said it's unconstitutional, that you can't tell a woman that what she wants to do with her body can't be done right now because the state thinks it's inconvenient. This is this is craziness. I mean, if, if you can't have an if you can't have a pharmaceutical abortion, particularly in the eighth week of a pregnancy, that means you have to postpone it until maybe if you're lucky and the ban is lifted to a surgical procedure, which has somewhat more risk, although not as much risk as, as a live birth. And so it's, it's all, you know, it's all just kind of crazy stuff. But in, in any event, they, they, I think legislators were pressing. I've been informed reliably that they've been calling the state police director to try and get him to arrest somebody for doing this. There, there's no legal precedent on which the state police could arrest anybody for performing an abortion. But this order was issued. Now, it's important to note the order clearly only prohibited surgical abortions. Little Rock Family Planning, which is the only remaining surgical abortion provider in Little Rock in the, the entire state, also does pharmaceutical abortions. That is, it's this two-pill regimen that you do in the first up to 10 weeks of pregnancy that, that causes a miscarriage, not in a clinic, but at home. And also Planned Parenthood, that's the only kind of abortion they provide, and both those will still continue to provide those. Now, I fully expect the rapers and garners and family councils to start raising the hell about that, but they're going to have a hard time proving their pretext for stopping abortion is that it puts a demand on personal protective medical gear. And potentially you might take away a hospital bed if somebody had to be admitted to one for a complication, which happens like almost never. So it's bullshit to start with. But uh, in any event, the, the pill abortion remains available in Arkansas and until otherwise. Now, I think Little Rock Family Planning, the ACLU has sued for them before. They're looking at a potential lawsuit here. I think it's a it's a difficult situation. I don't think there's any doubt that if they sue to overturn this ruling, they will win in federal district court because that's the law. But we're in the most conservative appellate district in Arkansas, the Eighth Circuit, as bad as the Fifth Circuit. And, and, and I think there's some fear that you might lose at that level. They may, they may decide to just try and wait it out and hope that this ban is only temporary as, as, as it has been described. But, you know, it's, uh, I mean, Leslie Rutledge and the state of Arkansas do not give a damn about women's medical rights. That's a fact. Okay. Speaking of politics, the legislature is in session. Uh, it's following social distancing. Um, after three legislators so far have, contracted the virus. The House is meeting at UALR and the Jack Stevens Center, the gym, and the Senate is uh, meeting in its chambers, but going into the gallery to, to spread out. Um, maybe the biggest news this week was something that didn't happen, and that was uh, Senator Joyce Elliott's proposal to, uh, to allow mail-in voting uh, if the, the virus is still an issue in November. Yeah, well, first first of all, let me say that I kind of love this this supercharged legislature. We never should have had a fiscal session to begin with. Some Republican legislator who wanted to create a full-time legislature got the voters to pass a constitutional amendment that says where we used to only meet every two years, now we meet every year, and this year is just to pass appropriation bills. And 
it's just an opportunity for devilment. All, but this time, because everybody wants to get it done so quickly, I think there's a good chance they'll pass budget bills for everybody by next Friday and go home. And not only is the public not allowed into the Jack Stevens Center or the Capitol, but lobbyists aren't allowed either. And so that's all good as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but Joyce Elliott did propose an amendment to one of the budget bills <laughs> that would have temporarily allowed no excuse absentee voting only through this year. And <laughs> excuse me, I hope I don't have the coronavirus coming on. But but in any event, uh, this is what the governor allowed by executive order and some primary runoffs. That primary, the, the only runoffs of any consequence were some Republican legislative runoffs, which remember that. But but uh, there was nearly universal resistance from Republicans. They had a lot of phony baloney excuses of, oh, it'll cost a lot of money to go a lot of mail absentee, and maybe the crisis will be over by then, and blah 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 blah. That, that, but they have adopted the Republican point of view and the Trump point of view that that easier voting is Democratic voting. Interestingly, today in the New York Times, there was a great story that examined this, and there's been some serious scholarly research on whether mail voting, which about, I think, seven or eight states have in some form or another, produces a partisan edge. 